everyone. Welcome to the Revolution Podcast. We're the high school ministry at the church at Rocky Peak, and we'd love for you to join us in person on Saturday nights at 530. For more info about the ministry and upcoming events, find us on Instagram at HSRevolution. We hope you enjoy this time of teaching from God's Word. Hey, Revolution, it's nice to see you. Good evening. My name is Tim. I'm the high school pastor here. I'm excited to be here with you. We've got some cool teaching to get into. Before we do that, I want to reiterate one thing the announcement team was talking about is with Winter Camp. I know, like, technically, if you were to go sign up tonight, it would be like, do you want to be on the wait list? We are working super hard to get, I think, at this point, like, we're pretty sure that everybody on the wait list will be able to go. We're just working with our partners at the camp uh, and our transportation company to make sure that before we take your money, that we have a bed for you to sleep in. Uh, and so we're, we're working on that. But the best way for us to know how much work we need to do is for everyone who wants to go to be on the list. And so if you're hearing like, oh, it's no problem to get in, but then over winter break, you decide to try to get a spot for winter camp, that might be too late. So the sooner the better for you to hop on that wait list so we can know who really is interested in going. The other thing that I want to do is I want to introduce some people to you. You may have noticed that over the last few weeks, even in fact, if you remember back a few months ago, uh, I was uh, in main service letting the adults at our church know that our, our high school ministry has been growing and we could use some, some extra help on Saturday nights. And so we've had some new staff joining us, checking things out. And I want to introduce some people to you so that you know who they are and that they are supposed to be here and that you can say hi to them and not worry. Um, and so we want to make sure to, to introduce them. And so uh, I'm going to ask four people just to stand up where they're at. Uh, David is, there, is already standing in the back. He may have been helping you get a chair earlier. Uh, we've got Mariah. I saw Mariah. Yeah, there's Mariah. Uh, Jeanette is in the room. There's Jeanette. And Evelyn is sitting right next to her. Yeah. And so they're joining us on Saturdays. Uh, and so feel free to, to make conversation with them. Give them a high five. Say hi to them, whatever it is. And I wanted to give you a couple of uh, trivia facts about our four staff. But I'm not going to say who is who with these trivia facts. And so you're going to have to figure out uh, who the person is with this. Uh, but... But in that group of four people, uh, one of them runs uh, outdoor adventure camps. Uh, one of them has done youth ministry in another country. One of them was uh, almost in the FBI. And one of them is regularly on stage in main service. But if you close your eyes when you pray, you may never have seen them. Yes, so that's, that's a little behind the scenes for all of them. You'll have to figure out, mix and match, and see if you can figure out who is who. Uh, I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to jump into our time of teaching. If you've got your Bible with you, you're going to want to have that handy. If you've got that note sheet that was there on those center tables, uh, you can use that uh, in whatever way best helps you pay attention, whether that's filling in blanks or drawing funny pictures in the corner, uh, whatever it is that gets you kind of locked into this time. We're about to open up God's Word and see what He has for us. Jesus, we thank you uh, that we are allowed to be here in this room today. Today. We thank you that you have a reason that we're here. As we come to you, Lord, we ask that you would open up our, our hearts and minds, that you would speak directly to us, uh, that by your spirit, that you would be, be drawing us closer to you, that you would be forming us, and, and that today, that you would open up our eyes to, to how we pray and what's even going on behind the scenes when we're praying, and maybe even a little bit of, of why we've been frustrated or hurt at times when we've, we've 
come to you and brought needs to you. God, would you, would you answer some of that? Would you draw some of that out for us? Would you meet us in this time? Uh, and would you, uh, would you strengthen what it is for us as your people to come to you uh, in prayer? In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, this week, uh, I finally was able to get together, uh, or tried to get together. I set plans to get together with, with one of my closest, oldest friends. Uh, at this, at this point in my life, the people who I was close to in high school, some of them we've kind of filtered off from each other. And so I, I had made plans to reconnect with, uh, with one of my best friends from high school. We were super close over at each other's house all the time. And it's been a while since we've just like sat down, uh, and talked. And so we made plans to get go get some ramen this week. Any fans of ramen? And so we're going to get some Silver Lake ramen. Um, We were meeting halfway, so not the one, not the one in Porter Ranch, but the one farther deeper into the valley. And so we're, we're ready to go uh, do that. We made those plans. And so it's, it's the day of, uh, it's, uh, what was it? It was Wednesday, Thursday? I want to say, we'll say it was Thursday. Um, no, it was Wednesday. I was at FCA on Thursday. All right. Uh, I text him on, on Wednesday morning, like 10 a.m. You know, I'm like, hey, man, just making sure that we're so good. Nothing. It's like, oh, that's, that's weird. You know, when you get the green bubble and you're like, uh, what's going on? And so then I, you know, I text him uh, a little bit closer. I was like, hey, man, okay, I'm, I'm heading out. I'll see you there. Nothing. And so I, I get there and I, I brought a book with me too because I was like, uh, I don't know about this. Um, right? It's been a while since we've connected. Uh, there's, you know, there's some history and some reason behind that. And so I'm like, oh, okay. And so I get there. Uh, and then, you know, I come in, you walk in by yourself. And they're like, hi, how can we, how can we help you? I'm like, table for two, please. Uh, and so they set me up with a table. I text them like, hey, man, got a table. Nothing. Sit there. Wait. About 15 minutes in, I decide to order something for myself. Um, he did end up showing up. It was, he thought it was at two o'clock. I don't know who eats lunch at two o'clock. We figured it out. But for a long time, for about 45 minutes, I was just like chilling there waiting for someone to show up. Have, Have you ever been left hanging by someone? Have you ever had someone not be there when you expected them to be there? Maybe you guys made plans to hang out and the person canceled on you. Maybe you uh, were depending on someone to do something for you. Maybe it was a group project and the three of you did your part and you're expecting the fourth person to also do their part and they just totally flake on you. Uh, Maybe there was a point, there was a time in your life where you were really in need and you expected someone to show up and be there for you and they flaked on you, they ghosted you, there was nothing. And have you ever maybe experienced that or felt like you've experienced that when it came to to you and God? Has there ever been a point in your life where you felt like you needed something from God and you prayed and you talked to him and it was, it felt like little green bubbles. It felt like it was bouncing. It felt like no one was there on the other side. Like you had a need and it felt like God wasn't there in that moment, left you hanging. Tonight, we're continuing our series that we're calling Behind the Curtain, where we're looking at the the amazing privilege that Jesus has given us, 
by his death, by him covering our sins for us to be able to go into God's presence. We're calling it behind the curtain because in the, in the temple, uh, before Jesus died on the cross, there was this curtain that separated everyone from this little room called the Holy of Holies where only one person could go once a year after doing all of these rituals. And it was such an important spot that if they didn't do the rituals correctly, they would go in there and in the presence of God because of his perfection and their imperfection, they would die in that room. It was such an important spot and it was separated by this huge, massive curtain. And then when Jesus died, it says that curtain was torn from top to bottom. That now, because we're covered by what Jesus has done for us, that we know that we can go into God's presence, the way the Hebrews puts it, is with confidence, that we can go in there. And so we have access to God that his people in the Old Testament didn't have, that we have access to God that, that isn't owed to us. We have access to God because of the gift of Jesus and what he's done for us. We get to go to him and pray. And many of us don't don't think of prayer as a privilege and don't think of prayer as something that's been given to us that we don't deserve. And yet God chooses to pay attention to us and let us come to him with our prayers and with our requests. And so uh, starting last week, we, we started looking at a prayer that Jesus gives us as a, as a sample, an example prayer where he says, hey, pray like this. When you're praying, when you're talking to God, talk to God like this. And so he starts laying out some of, some of the ways that we can pray, some of the ways that we can talk to God. And so last week we were, we were talking about that a little bit. We looked at, at how prayer isn't, it's not fully, it's not really about us, that it starts with us addressing God, God who is both our our father, our dad, who we can come to and have this unique, intimate, close relationship, and also that he's the creator, the one who's in heaven, that he's our, our father who's in heaven, who even though we get to go to him, that he's not brought down to our level. And that sometimes the things that we pray for have nothing to do yet with what's going on in our life. It's simply praying for his name to be lifted high or for his kingdom to expand in our life for the people around us or for his will to be done. And so that was last week we were looking at that, but today we're gonna talk about, okay, what does it mean to then start bringing our life to the table? What does it look like to bring our needs, our cares, our desires, our wants to him? And, and what should we expect that his response is in that? And maybe also get to the bottom of why is it that sometimes we've felt like God has kind of left us holding the bag? Why is it that sometimes we've felt like we had a need and he didn't respond the way that we would expect him to? And so if you have your Bibles, we're going to be opening up to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to read together out loud verses 9 to 13. It's going to be up on the screen. Uh, this is a, a really famous prayer called the, the Lord's Prayer, where he is, is giving us a framework of uh, what to pray. Um, to me, it's been a really impactful thing to have, uh, to have these verses memorized. Not because this is some sort of magic prayer or formula that we can do, but because it, it gives us, uh, for me, when I'm stuck and I don't have anything to pray or I don't know how to continue the conversation with God, I've got something to go back and lean on to kind of spark my imagination. And so I want I wanna all of us to read it out loud together. Can we do that? Yeah? I know we don't do a whole lot of that. I know usually you guys are used to chilling and not speaking but I think we can do that today, yeah? The three of us, we got it. All right, starting from the top. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Awesome. You guys did a great job. Today we're going to be focusing on specifically verse 11, which is just a single solitary sentence that covers, I think, so much ground for so many of us and maybe is even the majority of what we find ourselves talking to God about. Today, we're talking about just this one sentence in the middle of that paragraph where Jesus encourages us to pray, Father, would you give us today our daily bread? And so we're going to be adding this to our list from last week. Uh, we have, last week, we talked about how we pray for God's reputation and we pray for his kingdom and we pray for his will. Today, we're talking about something else. That's the, the first fill in there. We pray for our needs to be met. That as God's people, as followers of Jesus, when we talk to him, we don't only come to him and ask for his name to be great. We don't only come and ask for his cares to be taken care of, that, that we've been given the privilege of getting to come and bring our needs to him. I think it's fascinating the words that Jesus chooses to use. Right? He has us pray for our daily bread. Right? We can bring our immediate needs to God something that's going on today. God, I have this issue today. God, there's this thing going on today. There's this thing right now. God, I've got this daily, right now, today need. And he can address that. That we don't need to always schedule our needs in advance to God. That we don't need to plan our calendar with him always. That when something comes up out of the blue, we can bring that to him. We can also bring our essential needs to God. Food is important. <laughs> Food is a, is a really important, essential need. And when Jesus is teaching these people, there were likely a number of people in that crowd who knew what it meant to have a day where they didn't know they were going to have food that day. Whether it's because they were farmers and the crops were bad, or they were fishermen and the catch didn't go well, or whether they were merchants in the square, and for whatever reason, people didn't want to buy what they were selling. They were people who knew what it meant to maybe even have a, a day where they didn't know if food was coming. For many of us in this room, we've never had to have a day like that, which is a huge blessing, and it's something that we maybe overlook. But for, for the original people receiving this prayer, this example, right? Jesus is telling them, hey, like, if you're hungry today, you can come and you can bring that simple need of a, a small created creature who's one tiny piece of this massive ecosystem that you have a father in heaven who cares about you and you can bring him your hunger, your simple need. And he's willing to receive that. We can take our needs to God and know that he wants us to come to him. The next thing I want to highlight is this. It's the next fill-in, is that, that God already knows what you need. God already knows what 
you need. Right before the, this part, right before the Lord's Prayer, Jesus gives us a couple of uh, instructions on how not to pray. We looked at it a couple weeks ago, actually, because we were talking about some of the things that we sometimes twist prayer into. Uh, and in Matthew chapter 6, 7, and 8, uh, it says this. If you still have your Bibles open, you can look at it. I don't think it's going to be up on the screens because it was a little bit of a late ad. It says this. And when you pray... Don't keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think that they'll be heard because of their many words. Right? We remember we talked about how, how prayer isn't, it's not magic. It's not about using the right words. It's not about using pretty words. It's not about convincing God with how long and how amazing your five-paragraph essay of a prayer request is. Uh, and then in verse 8, it says, Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. God already knows what you need. God is, God's all-knowing. God knows everything. God loves you and cares about you. He already knows. What you, Before you come and ask him for something as simple as bread for today, before you come and bring your needs to him, he knows what you need. Jesus talks about this just a little bit later in the same chapter in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 25. I want to read this together. We're going to read it kind of quickly because this isn't the core of everything that we're looking at, but I want you to see just the, the example that Jesus uses here of how much God cares about you and also how quick and easy we are to worry about things, even if there are needs in our life, to worry about things that we don't need to. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 25, Jesus says this, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They're not sowing seeds or reaping crops or storing away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For pagans, right? He's looking at at the Roman world around them. He's like, they're running after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough trouble of its own. So often we see a need in our life or feel a need in our life, a a hole or something that we want to be different or a hope that we have for the future. And we focus on that need and we make our life about securing that need. We make our life focused around making sure that 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 thing happens. And we exhaust ourselves trying to make that need be, be met. 
whether it's a, an external need where we're like, I, I need to make sure that I am set up in life financially. And so that means I need to get grades, get into the right school, get the right like internship, get the right job to be able to have the right kind of life. And so maybe it's an external need. Like we just look forward and we see money as this need and we look at a world that looks maybe a little shaky. And so we're like, I need to make sure I have my stuff together. Maybe it's a much more internal need. We're like, I, I just have this, I feel this need for acceptance. And so I'm, I'm constantly everywhere. I'm looking everywhere. I'm turning. I'm trying to make sure that people like me by how I dress, by how I talk, by what I post, by who I hang out with, by who's paying attention to me. I just, I feel this need. And we, our needs become these things that we begin to, to chase after and to scrounge after and try to make happen as hard as we can. And we exhaust ourselves. And at some point, we find ourselves realizing that some aspect of that is outside of our control. We study for the test. We get a C minus instead of the A we were hoping for. And we realize it's out of our control. We work real hard to impress the people around us, to receive acceptance. And yet somehow, two hours after the party, we're laying in bed and we still don't feel like that emptiness is filled. We chase and we realize we can't do it. And then we turn to God and then we bring him that need. And we're like, God, can you fix this? After we've spent time and energy worried about it and chasing it, and you know what? Good. Sometimes, sometimes we need to be broken to realize that we need to take it to God. But what Jesus is saying here in this passage, using really tangible needs of food and clothing, he says, look, God's taking care of the plants and the animals. He can take care of you. That we can release feeling like we need to chase after making sure our needs are met. And all of that energy that we put into chasing around, either whether it's those external needs that we feel or those internal needs that we feel, that when we release that and say, you know what, I'm going to choose not to worry about that. I'm going to choose not to control that. I'm going to choose to put that in God's hands instead of my own hands. Now we have room to chase after what God has designed us for. To chase after, whether that's building his kingdom, experiencing community with each other, sending an encouraging text to someone that we never would have thought about sending when we're so worried about what people think about us. But once we've given that up, maybe a little bit, we have a, a little bit of brain space to think, you know what? I should send that person a text. You know what? They said they, there's, this thing was going on when we were in life group on Wednesday. It's Friday. I'm going to check in and see how they're doing. It means that we can maybe have a little bit more space in our schedule to actually sit down and, and open up God's word and spend time reading it. It means that maybe we have some time to sit back and reflect on the people that we're becoming and the choices that we're making and choose to chase after his righteousness instead of our own righteousness. And Jesus says that when we chase after God's kingdom, his rule in our life, and we chase after his righteousness, in other words, becoming the people that he's called us to be, that then he, he's gonna take care of our needs. He's gonna take care of the things that we need to have taken care of. The things that we would chase after He's going to supply for us what we felt like was missing. And so if God already knows what we need, and if we can bring that to him, and if we know that God 
loves us and wants to take care of us, why is it that sometimes we feel like we bring him a need and we get no answer in return? Or the answer that we get is the opposite of what we asked for. Whether that's we're lonely and we pray for new friends, whether it's home is not good right now and we pray for peace in the home, Maybe it's the health of a loved one, a cure for our sadness, an A on a test, a better job to go to, just a nicer teacher in third period. (laughs) We ask for those things that seem like good things. We bring to him what feels like our needs, and then sometimes we get a no. We pray, and then nothing. I think it's because this, we miss something crucial. That's the next fill-in that we've got for you. We miss this, that not Every desire is a need. Not everything that we want is something that's required for us. Not every desire is a need. Sometimes the things that we pray for, we know are wants and not needs, right? And I think that's totally fine. It's absolutely okay for us to bring our wants and our desires to God and lay them at his feet. Right? Whether it's praying for a new car or for better clothes or a cool Christmas gift or to be popular and to be liked. And this is just me opening up my prayer journal for you guys. Like, these are just things that probably from this last week. Um, it's like, God, like, it, and it's okay to bring those things. And we, maybe sometimes we would like, express to someone, like, oh man, I really need this thing. But we know deep down, like, oh, it's, it's really that I would really like this thing. It would be really cool if God could give that to me. And you know what? It's okay to ask God to give you things. It's okay to bring that to him and to bring your desires to him. Other times, I think we pray for things that we truly, absolutely believe that we need. But he knows that we don't. We pray for, and man, I remember in high school, this prayer, praying it many times and it going unanswered. The entire time I was in high school and most of college, sometimes we just, we feel like there is a a need to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. I know. all All the giggles are either that it sounds ridiculous or that we all feel that deep down, right? There's that, that feeling, that need, you look around and you see other people or you look into the future and you feel like you're going to be alone for your whole life and you're like, God, would you bring me the person? And then every time someone new walks into the room, you're like, is that the person? Is that God? God, I just prayed. Is that the answer? Every time you meet someone, you're, you're searching for the, but for whatever reason, it's closed door, closed door, closed door. And maybe God knows that he has a plan to use you in this current season where you don't have somebody, that he has a plan to use you in really effective ways or to, to meet you and to teach you things in ways where, where you feel this deep longing for someone to have that kind of relationship with. But what he knows that you need isn't, isn't that right now. Maybe you feel really lonely and your, your friend group has left you in the dust or there's been a, maybe you've moved, you've moved schools, you've moved states, you've moved countries and you're, you're kind of left friendless or you're coming into a room and it feels like everybody else knows each other and you're, you're praying and you're asking God, like, God, it seems like there's plenty of nice people around, but I, I, God, I need, I need friends. And it feels like he's saying no to that. And you're like, God, 
you talk about in your word how like two are better than one and a quarter three strands and all these verses in, like in your word about community, where, where are my friends? And maybe his answer right now is no because he knows that you need to depend on him right now in this specific season to know that he's bigger and he's better. Maybe you're praying for the fighting to stop at home. And you're like, God, this makes a whole lot of sense. Like, you don't want this to be happening. This isn't how you design things to be. Uh, they just won't stop going at each other. And I, God, I, God, would you bring peace into this situation? Maybe you've opened up to your life group. Maybe your whole life group has prayed for that issue going on. And it just feels like God is ab- absent or not speaking into that. And maybe, and I don't know specifically the, for every situation, but maybe what God knows is that if there was just peace right now, under the surface, everyone would continue in the broken ways that they've been relating to each other with peace on the surface. But maybe his plan is to bring people to their knees to recognize that they need him. And that the friction and the fighting is part of a greater story where he's going to do something down the road. But we'd like him to stop it right now. Maybe we're asking him to remove us from what feels like a really dark school where we feel like maybe the only believer of one of a a small handful. And we're like, God, why would you want me to be alone in this? This feels really suffocating. And he's like, you're exactly where I want you to be a light and to shine into the darkness because this is where I've put you. There are going to be times where we bring our needs to God that we really truly feel like our needs. That if we were in his place, we would imagine that we would just fix it like that. And sometimes he knows that there's a bigger story and more going on and things that he's going to do that we would miss out on if he chose to answer it the way that we're asking for. God knows what you need even better than you do. Which is great. Because it lets us then come to him and take what we think is a problem that needs an instant solution. And we get to put it at his feet and we get to trust that he knows what's best. In the Bible, Jesus talks a uh, he uses the example of everyday fathers around them. He's like, hey, if your kid came up to you and asked for bread, you wouldn't give him a rock. Or if your kid came and asked for a fish because they were hungry, you wouldn't give him a snake. How much more will your heavenly father take care of you? Right? And what Jesus is saying is like, man, as imperfect people, we still treat our kids well. God loves you. When you come and bring a need to him, he's not going to repay you evil because you're asking for a need to be met. But sometimes what he knows is good is different than what we would choose because he can see the end game and where things are going. And so why does he sometimes not answer? Because he knows what is better. The next fill-in is this. Because if he already knows what we need and we're sometimes bad at kind of having a handle on that. Why then even pray? Why does Jesus ask us to pray about our needs? Why should we bring that? If God already knows what they are, and we're not supposed to go on babbling and babbling and babbling, why even bring them to him in the first place? If he already knows and he loves us, 
Why pray about it? It's because of this, because prayer shapes my desire to match God's heart. When we bring our desires to God, a part of that process, a part of bringing that to him in prayer is it shapes our heart to want more of what he wants. And sometimes that's a slow process. Sometimes it's a long process. Sometimes it's a painful process. And sometimes it's quick and it's fast. And it's him simply reminding us of what's good and what's better or meeting us in that moment. Or sometimes it's a behind the scene process where we don't even realize that he's changing and shaping. And slowly our prayers go from like, God, fix this, God, fix this, God, fix this, to God, help me to respond correctly, to God, would you move in this situation in this way and slowly over time what we're even bringing to him has shifted because he's met us at our heart and the reason that that happens is because i can trust him to meet my needs when we bring our needs to god which is the next slide um when we bring our needs to god it shapes our heart because we're choosing to trust him because we're not just coming and demanding that our needs are met And we've already, in the Lord's Prayer, we've already prayed for his will to come. And so what we're doing is we're coming and we're giving it to him and asking him to do what he knows is best. And that opens up our heart to be changed and shifted. And so there are a few ways that I think that, that we can learn to grow, to pray for our needs in a way that is, that is mature and is stepping into what God has called us to, where we're not just coming as just like needy people treating God like Santa Claus and just like, God, can you do this for me? Can you do this for me? Can you do this for me? Instead, where we're growing and being stretched to do it in a way that maturely reflects the people that he's calling us to be. Uh, and one, when we, when we are praying and asking God to step in to, to our life, when we're bringing our needs to him, one of the things that we want to do is we want to invite God in to our situations. When we're coming and we're bringing our needs to him, one of the things that we're doing is we're inviting him in. In 1 Peter 5, 6, it says, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Humble yourselves under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. When we come and we truly bring our needs to God, it's an act of humble submission where we're recognizing, God, I'm not big enough to control this. God, I'm not smart enough to know what needs to happen. Here's this need. Would you do something with it? And it invites him into our situation. It also turns our attention to him, right? God's doing stuff all the time around us where he's doing amazing things that we just miss and we don't see what's going on. But other times I think God waits to move until our attention is on a specific area because that's one of the ways that he's chosen to partner with us is that, that we get to ask for him to do something and then we get to give him glory when he responds. Because there are so many issues that he could just fix without anyone noticing. And I think many times he allows us to feel that need so that we can pray specifically for him to do something and so that we can witness what he's done and testify to what it is that he's done in our lives. The next thing, the next way that we can pray for our needs in a way that, that's a, a marked maturity in our life is this, that we, we can place our anxiety in his hands. The very next verse in 1 Peter 5 is 1 Peter 5, 7. 7 comes after 6. 
uh, where it says this. It says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And so right after saying, humble yourself under God's hand, he'll lift you up in due time. The encouragement is, hey, go, go to him and cast your anxiety on him. Throw what you're anxious about on him because he cares for you. My encouragement to you is even, even list out, write a list of the things that you're worried about. Write a list of what it is that you feel like you need. Man, so often for me, anxiety is just a, a ball of emotion and thoughts that are just going off in every single direction. And I don't even, I couldn't even always tell you what it is that I'm anxious about when I'm feeling that way. And just sitting down and writing out, God, would you take care of this? God, would you take care of this? God, would you take care of this? There's a way that, that we can go and cast our anxiety on him and know that he is good and he loves us and that he can respond. And then lastly, one of the ways that we pray in this area of, of having needs as people, one of, the way, one of the things that leads to maturity in our life and helps shape us is to, to thank him for the needs that he's already met. Sometimes we do this even when we're feeling anxious and just thank him for what he's taking care of. Other times, man, there are times recently where it's the end of the night and I'm praying through the Lord's Prayer because I'm bored and falling asleep and I've decided to charge my phone in the other room so that I'm not just staring at my phone all night. And as much as that like mostly works, there are still those times where I'm laying there bored. So sometimes I'll pray through the Lord's Prayer and it's the end of the day. And so, you know, I get through that first part and then I get to the, like, give us our day, our daily bread. And I'm, now it becomes, at the end of the day, it gets to become just a prayer of thanks of God, thank you for taking care of what we needed today. And how many days do we get to the end of and not even realize that, man, like God provided for everything that I needed at the end of this day. In God's word, it talks about in Philippians 4, uh, and we're not gonna pull it up on the screen, but it's on your notes there. Um, it talks about how, how when we present what we need to God with thanksgiving, that attached to that is a peace that comes from God that goes beyond what we can understand. It's a, a bigger peace than we can recognize. That when we come to God with our needs and with thanks for what he's already done together, then we start to realize that he does love us and he is big and he is taking care. And even if my need might really just be something that I want and he knows that something else needs to happen, I can trust him because of what it is that he's already done for me. This week, I want to encourage you guys to, to take some time and to, to sit down and one, list out your needs and pray for those things before God. Really list it out. Really have an idea of what it is that you want him to do and ask him to move in those areas. And then spend some time thanking him for what he's already done. Because there are so many things that he does to take care of our needs, to meet us where we're at, that we miss the opportunity to say thank you for. Uh, we're going to go into a time of worship. I'm going to invite the, the band up. While we do that, I want to encourage you. We have a, a prayer wall in the back that's there every single week. We would love to be praying for what's going on in your life. Maybe you have a need right now that feels huge. That's massive. We would love to be lifting, lifting you up in that. We'd love to be praying for you as your community. Um, and then I want to encourage you, like really during, like during this week, spend that time of going before God. 
Bring your cares to him. Sometimes I even, I sit and I imagine like a bag that's holding everything that I'm worried about. Right? And so at the end of the night, oftentimes that's like my future, my family, our ministry, sometimes specific ones of you because of stuff going on in your lives that I won't talk about from up here. And put those things all in that bag. And right before falling asleep, I just hand that to God. Recognizing that, that he is so much more powerful and in all those things that I can't control, that I can't change, that I can't do anything with, all those areas of need, I trust him to do with that what I can and to lead me and guide me the way that he wants me to respond in those situations. So I want to encourage you to, to practice doing that because he cares. He's invited you to bring your needs to him. He doesn't look at you and think that you're needy. He doesn't roll your eyes every time that you come with a concern again. He already knows what you need. And he cares about you so much. So bring those to him and let him show up in the way that he knows is best. Jesus, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you that you, that you see us, that you know us, that you know what we need. God, you know where our hearts have been hurt. God, you know where we've felt left, let down by you. And God, I just ask that in those situations that you would show us God, what you're up to, that you would show us what your plan is. God, because there are times when we look at something and we just think this is, this is the only answer and it feels like you don't supply that. And God, I've, I've lived enough life, Lord, to know that sometimes you're doing really awesome things and I've lived enough life to know that I, there are areas I haven't seen what that is yet where I still wonder and still question. But God, we trust that Jesus, because you came and died for us, we know that there's nothing you're holding back. You've given everything for us. There's no good thing that you're keeping in reserve. That you have a perfect plan and you know what our needs are. And so we come to you with those needs and our desires as a mixed bag and hand it to you and ask God that you would take care of us, that you would love on us and that we would trust you to do it in the best way. In Jesus' name, amen.